0: Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast with me today, a man that really doesn't need any introduction if you're in the wine industry, uh, Michael McGeary. Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, I totally butcher names and I'm going to continue to do it the rest of my entire life. But you're with an artist? Yes, with an artist. And your crazy route to wine is always something, you know, how do you get into wine? How do you do this? You started off with a philosophy degree. Correct. Or did you? (laughs) Still, still wondering that myself. I always wake up sometimes and I'm like, did I actually pass? Do I have that piece of... So then you went to uh, Napa Valley College, did some post-bachelorette work uh, in wine or you just did...
1: In wine. And I, there actually was some time between that. Um, I actually moved to Aspen, Colorado to be Oh, a, a little place called Aspen. Yeah. Yeah. You know the place. Uh, to be a ski bum was my, my plan right after college. Oh, we're going to fight now because uh, that, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. And that's actually where I really got into wine, uh, working in restaurants. Uh, so it was just a path, you know, a job so I could ski during the day. And so I, I did the bartending
0: thing too, right? Cool, So yep. it, I always thought it was my my duty that if they're coming in, I need to be more educated on the stuff that I'm pouring. Same thing that got me into the beverage.
1: Yep. Yeah, so cool. it was that... That's the linchpin that... That's the linchpin. I had a manager who said, hey, listen, you know, you're you're working at a restaurant. There's a lot of psalms around here. We do this wine tasting groups and what, you know, you're pouring the wine. You want to learn about it a little more. So I just sort of took him up on that and started tasting wine, learning about it. I did have an interest in it, really just because, you know, when I was, you know, younger in college, my approach to alcohol was what's cheap, you know, not, <laughs> what, not, what can, no, what no, can yeah, I drink, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and uh, so really just sort of learning about wine on that end, you know, liking the history of it and really the well, sense of place. So. so many
0: philosophers are linked to things about wine too. So it's not like yeah. you weren't reading about some Correct. of this stuff yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was the initial step, but then I did move to Napa um, after Aspen.
0: But so you went to Colorado College, you moved then to Napa and then you came back or you ask me? Okay, so how did you get to Switzerland? Yeah, that's a good question. Seriously, because yes, so. you you yep. have a master's of science in viticulture and enology yes. through Sean uh, uh, John.
1: Yes, correct. You did so, it. So, so <laughs> it, we
0: were talking before the the mics got turned on, and I was like, uh, you went to Switzerland?" He's like, "Yes, uh, Jean Jean." And I was like, <laughs> "The French way." I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that. And He goes, "No." the rapper Sean John
1: yeah that's how I was originally told to pronounce it not by the French no 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 no. yeah they would not they would not do that but the the American that first introduced me to the school uh I she was struggling with the name and she's like I can't remember it it's like a rapper's name but how did you find it
0: like yeah so so one of the struggles we're having not struggles but like yep how do you find a school correct yes How, how do you uh you know do that google search to figure out the best fit for you yep and So how did you find it?
1: Yeah, that's a it's a great question. So, I was in Napa for 4 years uh, before I started looking before I went to y- hands-on work. Hands-on yeah, work at a winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then as you mentioned, I went to the Napa Valley College. That was a post-bac that I did there okay. while I was working just to get the sciences cuz you know, as a philosophy major in my undergrad. <laughs> Didn't do too much science, uh, avoided it. And uh, so, yeah. And then, and then that bit you in the ass and you <laughs> yeah, had to that was like, oh, crap. I had to go do all this stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, I'd been in Napa for four years. Um, I'd actually been looking at Davis, you know, looking at Fresno, you know, all the, the usual suspects in the States. Um, and I was actually looking at school in France, uh, Vinifera, which is in Montpellier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I actually applied the year before, did not get in. And so, the next year, I was still, you know, going to reapply there and... And was it now
0: was that all taught in French?
1: That's all taught in English. All in oh, English. Okay, yeah, okay, it's very okay. international. There is the Montpellier School, like subagro but then the Vinifera programs for international specifically. Gotcha. Gotcha. And gotcha. um yeah, I was actually just at a bar uh, with a of the friend watching football, and his friend joined us, and she's the one who told me to pronounce it like the rapper, but she was I was just sort of telling her my story and I'm, I'm looking at vinifera, looking to go into France. And she said, Well, my my buddy went to Switzerland and you know, really loved the program and you know, I can connect you to him. Told me about jean Jean, and then yeah. uh, you know, I I cannot contacted him and learned about the program. So to your earlier question, it it really took some digging on my part. I really had to find. this. Yeah. they weren't doing the best promotion. Of they the probably school. honestly, they probably didn't have to though.
0: Yeah, because the people like yourself that are seeking that kind of stuff out, yep, um, getting it in front of you is like, yep, that's it. Correct. That's e- that, yep. That's that's a good transition. Yeah. What a beautiful place to go to school. That was
1: amazing. Yeah, it was. I mean, a lot of people don't know the Swiss make a lot of wine. Um, they just consume it all, right? Cause yeah. you know, from the price point versus France, Germany, Italy, they just can't compete on the global market. You no, know,
0: no, anything that you're going to be importing and they just don't yep. have the land. They don't exactly. have the acreage. Yeah. yeah.
1: But they, they produce a lot of wine, really cool country, you know, obviously the German influence, the French, the Italian influence. And so you see that in the wine sort of different you know, regions of it with these types of wines. So we're on the French side. But uh, yeah, did a lot of you know traveling on the German side and then throughout Europe. And, and to me, that was the best part of the program because obviously, you learn the science, you learn you know the viticulture, the all, you know the business building, all that stuff. But going to travel to France to see wineries, to Italy to see wineries, you know, because they all do a little on. different stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and
0: getting that, you know, one of the things I'm I'm always excited about to, to, when I talk to folks like yourself that have high high levels of education what they love mm-hmm. is like no one can take that away from you yeah and investing in your education is always a good thing yes and in the wine industry I see it more than in um, brewing and distillation right now I see that you know minimum requirement for a lot of jobs in these are, are some level of higher education in yeah. that particular field. I am trying to do that with brewing and distilling as well for these entry level, not necessarily entry level jobs, yep. but you know, people that are in the in the management, and making decisions, and and you know, in the production side of things, definitely. So that's been in the wine industry for a much much longer time, I think, than the other two.
1: Yeah, and that was something, honestly. So my boss in Napa sort of gave me that insight. He had got into wine, actually had come from restaurants himself, and never got the background education, and basically told me to said, "Listen, if." This, this is what this you're is, serious about. Th- yeah. This is what you're serious about. I did it this way, but at that door is closing as an industry right now. And obviously that was very Napa specific and Napa, I mean, if you don't have the education, it is very hard to break into right. now, but right. he just very much encouraged me to say as everyone says, degrees, it's a, you know, is it work experience first degree, what's best, but having that degree does allow for more options, you know, and... It's like it's, a fast pass. Correct. Exactly. It, it, and whether that's it, it, fair or not, it is the way it, it works. Well, I
0: wouldn't say that it's fair or not. I mean, yeah. there is definitely hands-on experience is very, very important. Correct. Because oh, you're producing sure. a product, yeah. and, but you had that. Yeah. You did both. Correct. Yeah. That's what makes you so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how did, how did an artist find you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I actually... I give you just a little more history um after uh, Switzerland I moved back to the states um I landed in Charlottesville for a year then I was in Maryland for just under 3 years so, so you set up on the east coast as opposed to go back to the west correct. coast Correct yeah so I'm from Durham from North okay. Carolina originally um I Always had my eye on coming back to the East Coast. um To me, my joke is sort of like the Wild Wild West of wine right now. There's it, just so much you can do, whatever you want. Like it, yeah, honestly, you yeah. really can here. Yeah, it's, it, it's it just, well.
0: in North Carolina was the leading producer of wine back yeah. in the 1800s. So yeah, exactly. The mother so, vine came from here. I mean, there's a lot of amazing, rich history with yeah. with grapes in this region.
1: Yeah. So I was, you know, I landed on the East Coast, spent four years, and then my wife and I. We had a plan, and we'll talk about this, of starting a winery ourselves, just a a small winery. Mm -hmm. So I moved down to North Carolina in 2022, Uh, my wife and I sort of starting this project. And I had a buddy, actually, who I worked with in Napa, who worked for an artist on the East Coast. Sure. He sort of knew what I was up to, and he approached me and said, "Well, you're, you know, starting a winery. You could probably use like a real job that just doesn't spend all your money on it. Yeah, here, you're about to go light a giant pile of money on fire in a parking
0: lot. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you have some more money for that fire? Correct.
1: So yeah, so I got put in touch with a Nardis, and you know what a Nardis does? We basically sell enological products. So as I tell people, we sell the things that winemakers use to make wine." A lot of times that's yeast, nutrients, fining agents. Everything, like you gave everything. me the
0: catalog, and honestly, if there there's a solution for pretty much any problem,
1: we yeah, there really is. And so yeah, they they approached me about the job, and I was you know very attracted to it. Um, you know, having been in you know winemaking for you know a while now, you and sort probably of see, have you already used some yeah, of yeah, I've their used, products. Yeah, you know, like used a lot I'm of products, and and just um, and yeah, and it and they knew I was starting my own project. Um, you know, on the side, whatever you want to yeah. call it, and. They're totally open to that because for them, as a you know technical sales representative, the biggest thing is that you need to be able to talk the talk with winemakers, cider producers, and not just be the sales guy in a suit being, hey, buy this, buy that, rather than more so being like, hey, I'm a winemaker. I know exactly <laughs> how you I've feel. I've turned that valve
0: before yes. and sprayed myself and covered myself in yeast. I exactly. got you, bud.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's how they found me. Um, I sort of Cover the southeast United States, um, which is a big territory. That is uh, a huge territory. Huge. So I'm basically from Maryland to Arizona. Uh Wait, No, that's not the southeast. Arizona. Yeah, that's why across the you couldn't see that. The air quotes for the the southeast there. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. We have um,
0: it's an international company, so their geography is yeah, not great. It's
1: Italian. Yeah, yeah. they uh, no, but so obviously California. I think we have about six reps in California. Which makes sense. Yes. Honestly. The, yeah. Honestly,
0: the, I mean, the GDP of California is like 11th largest in the world. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. Yeah. Then, you know, we have one for the Pacific North uh, Northwest. We, yeah, tons you know. of great wine coming out yep. of
0: uh, Oregon and Washington, you bet.
1: And then we've got two of us for the rest of the country. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we split it, uh, you know, north and south. And so I'd say southeast, but yeah, it's obviously uh, it more, broader. more Yeah, broader. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's obviously places that we focus on just who makes the most wines. So sure. Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, um, all quite big. North Georgia is a big one. Um, but I also, you know, I go to Florida, go I, to... Okay, so that's another question. I had a student recently come back from Florida.
0: Yep. And he brought a 100% blueberry wine. Cool, yeah. So agricultural wine, farm wines. Um, I, I see more of them than i ever have in the past it's maybe because i'm not necessarily seeking them out but i see other people experimenting with other fruits now yep. i know you're a grape guy and i don't <laughs> want to offend you but if you weren't going to ferment out grapes what fruit would you ferment out
1: yeah that's a great question um so there's a lot of really
0: interesting flavors out there oh i definitely. think that people can experiment with and the 100 blueberry wine was very well balanced yep uh, it had a really nice tannin level. There was yep. a tartness to it. There was a sweetness to it. It it was pretty dry as far as I was. I mean, a lot of these farmhouse wines I've had are kind of cloyingly sweet. Yep. And that's really not the style of
1: wine that I enjoy. I like yep. things more on the drier side. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would what would you forbid Yeah. I. So I actually have done some non-grape wines. So cool. you have not offended me. No, uh, good, good, good. So actually the previous winery. I know, I know there's people that get really. <laughs> you would never use anything other no, than grapes. Yeah, I am. Uh, I've. Like Equal whole approach, opportunity. Anything, you can ferment it. whatever you want, really, right. in my in my mind. But um so I actually have worked with mainly in the realm of ciders. So okay. working with ciders, blending these with fruits to make sort of sparkling ciders, pet nut ciders type of thing. Piments, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um so we did um honestly one of my favorites was a blackberry, raspberry, mm. uh, cider blend. Okay. Um just so really the tartness nice of the raspberry. It yeah, really yeah. worked well. You know, we did it with bubbles so it, you know, had that tartness, but yeah. it really, you know, brought down a bit. So yeah, we've also, you know, did peaches that, that, that was really nice. I think the only one, and again, this is just cause I have not been able to figure it out was cherry was always hard for me to get away from so that.
0: I've had a cherry wine from Denmark Yeah, that I would pour in my breakfast cereal if cool. I could afford it. Oh, it yeah? was unbelievable. I'll, it. I'll show yeah. you. Um, you can get it locally in town at app Viner. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Great it, place. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable Wonderful. balance, and they—they're just doing an amazing, hundred percent cherries too.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, just, yeah. I had one go at it, and it, it was just uh, cherries are difficult. It to was hard. With. I, I did not do it. Any uh, of those stone fruits well.
0: are a pain in the butt.
1: Gosh, because, we did, yeah, you know, we did you, peaches and we, by hand... No, you guys are nuts. <laughs> it was it was a one-time thing.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, it is. Yeah. It, and when people, like, even if they, especially if they weren't freestone peaches... Yeah, they like, were not.
1: No, oh my God, you guys are <laughs> masochists. It was a, a top-down decision from the bosses. So. Well, that, okay, that checks out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we were the, yeah. <laughs> I've heard... <laughs> unwilling uh, it's masochists. It's so funny
0: because that happens at every... Breweries, like, hey, we want to make this watermelon IPA. Oh, we have to cut up. Yep. two totes of watermelon now <laughs> eight hour shifts three of us cutting up watermelon yeah. or right now this season we're in the fall everyone's like oh let's make a pumpkin beer it's like you really want us to process all yeah. of, and roast and toast these pumpkins yeah. and then figure out how no
1: yeah that it's was not, when i yeah. i, I uh, kept a spreadsheet of the labor and the hours we spent yeah presented it back at the end of the year and they were sold like, them no, how much we're yeah. selling the bottles for and that's how we sort of got away from that <laughs> but it was again it, it turned out well uh, uh but, peaches make great yeah, wine it's exactly just, if yeah. you can buy the fresh pressed juice yeah. as
0: opposed to having like would... get it to someone who can process it um which leads me to uh the small segment on the show called booze clues <gasps> which uh i haven't had a cease and desist yet but uh, i'm waiting for that to show up and i'll yes. prominently display it uh in my office <laughs> um i didn't want to give you wine uh i did wa- i kind of wanted to think outside of the box and uh, I had mentioned to you cachaca earlier. Yes, and you're like, I'm game. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> and so cachaca is uh, freshly cast or freshly pressed cane juice. Okay. Uh, this is from Brazil, and that's where cachaca is from. So they take that fresh pressed cane juice, and then they ferment it. So it's, it doesn't it like it's kind of in that rum family or yep. rum agricoli. Um, what they'll do is they'll take that juice, ferment it, and then distill it. And so it is. Uh, it's it's more of the essence of the actual sugar cane okay. than it is kind of that molasses byproduct of the sugar mm. refinement. Okay. So we're going to get d- way different flavors, and I think you're going to pick up on some of the notes in here. And so it pours very, very clear. I've got a couple of glasses of us poured. Uh, I think I've actually tasted this on the podcast before because I just, I think it's neat. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, unusual for people that haven't had a chance to really embrace sugar cane uh, in all of its beautiful glory. Yeah, um, But... What do you smell in there?
1: Yeah, it's very... Uh, like you said, it's not rum by any means.
0: No, it's it's grassy.
1: Yeah, it's grassy. I also get a floral yes. aspect to it.
0: Yes, yes, Yeah.
1: And it's very aromatic. I mean, it's there. Like No,
0: and it's-, it's... um. Let me think. This is only 40%. Okay. So there's a lot going on in the glass. Yep. Certainly the ethanol is helped bringing some of those uh, volatile organic compounds to the forefront. Um, if you've ever been around cane juice being pressed as well it really captures the essence of that processing okay Uh, and so you're getting some of like it's a grass cane is a grass and so you get it's not like fresh cut grass but it is kind of like um, yeah there's no hexanol in there it's just Mm -hmm. but it is that it's in that same family Um, and then there's a depth of smell to it which I think is you know part of the byproduct of the yeast metabolism is going to throw off as you know some of these floral esters and I think you know, the natural yeast or the yeast that they're pitching for this particular batch, I think throws off some of that, uh, that floral note that you're looking for. But I like to, uh,
1: Yeah, I think what you said, there's really is a depth to the flavor here. That's,
0: it's not that's... a one note thing. It's, no. very, it's, um, so I always look at flavor in three D three dimensional shape. I okay. don't know why. Cool. I think partly due to my dyslexia. That's just uh-huh. the way I look at stuff. Yeah. And so when I, I I kind of look at this in a rounded note as it kind of goes through my palate, mm-hmm. because there's something right up front, there's definitely something in the middle and something at the end, and it's it is um, it's interesting because I don't think that grassy while grassiness is a note yes and that cane is a note I don't think it's super overpowering no. Um, and it, it makes uh, brilliant cocktails. It so really, really does. That was actually my. How would one usually drink this? So classically, they would drink uh, a drink called a Caprina. Okay. Uh, oh. Okay. And that this is this the liquor. Is it. Okay. This is the liquor. There that they put yeah, the pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. so this is the base. The cachaca is the base for that uh, the drink of Brazil, and so that's where some of the balance of the of the cocktail comes from. And so just drinking it straight is, is it was always kind of a neat thing to see what people yep. s- smell and taste because, uh, people either really, really like it yep. <laughs> or they're mm-hmm. like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, it's been kind of a, a polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a rum fan, you know, rum coming from the majority of the time molasses, it's not like a rum egg or that would be in like a French speaking Caribbean okay. where they would make a very, very similar product from freshly pressed cane juice. Okay. Rum is usually made from molasses, the byproduct of sugar refining. That molasses flavor in rum can work its way through the distillate. And mm-hmm. then, it, you know, sometimes it's aged, sometimes it isn't. But that's a way different flavor than the fresh, you know, freshly pressed cane yes. uh, as a part of the flavor. Yes. So it's, you know, when we talk about brandies or we talk about distillation, we always talk about it just being a concentration process. What you're doing is trying to capture the essence like in a German-style schnapp or a Hungarian palinka, like the, mm-hmm. the essence of the fruit or the essence of the cane. And I think they've captured that here. And I think that uh, it's a really interesting note. And um, I want to uh, marinate pork in it at one point. okay. Just, I don't know why. Yeah, uh, and you haven't tried. I will. I okay. think I'll do that this weekend
1: because <laughs> I have it here. Uh, it's, just, here yeah. it's open. Uh, so, is there any aging that goes along with this or what so, sort of the. So,
0: it depends on the type of cachaça. So, this is a silver cachaça. Okay. The majority of the stuff is unaged. They do have some stuff that's a little bit more. They put in a barrel for an extended period of time. This has probably been aged for a little bit just to let all the flavors marry. Yeah. Um, it's a carbon negative distillery. Uh, Which is pretty interesting. It's called Novo Fogo. Okay, Uh, it is a 18-hour fermentation with wild yeast So the natural fauna and flora on this cane uh, It's distilled in a copper pot still which should reduce some sulfates uh, Mostly dimethyl trisulfide Uh, It's rested one year in steel tanks. Okay, so no oak like Yeah in it, but oxidation reduction reactions uh what they say on the bottle is the note of banana blossoms okay i would get like a plantain kind of smell to it like an unripe banana almost yeah okay um palette is sweet red peppers and citrus which i get some of that citrus for Mm -hmm. sure finishes clean cane and sea salt and of course it's the cappuccino that they suggest to make with it so i i think it's a uh, it's a cool bottle. It's a unique flavor. It's definitely unique. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
1: feel like to me again, I get the floral and like you said, the grassiness, but almost like a a vegetal, but not in a bad mm-hmm. a bad way. But there's a vegetal aspect to it. There's a savoriness. Yeah, exactly. A savory vegetal, not like
0: yeah. a um, yeah, not like an off putting vegetal. But,
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I that's that's where I But that yeah, it is definitely unique. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to try that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, I, I just think it's you know I'm trying to think outside the box and yeah. And, Specifically, because uh, not only do you have a master's of science and so, but you're uh, sommelier. Yes, in the master court.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: And uh, you're a level three uh, w set, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's not like it's your debut at tasting. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but I always tell people, you know, it's sort of you, you study for those tests and you get through them, and but the, the tasting sticks with you. But it, it does. It, it does. is amazing the the being on the wine side and production side. You your tasting changes a bit to almost think you become more looking you become more a little critical looking through wines at times always, and always. I always more appreciate the psalm side of things where it's let me find the good things in here and of course there's negativity sometimes with with some wines and yes. people taste but i i think winemakers could be a little more uh more on ourselves not as hard on ourselves to say very self-deprecating What's wrong with this no, wine very very you know, so self-
0: i've had some wines um uh brought to me and they're like we think this is horrible we yeah. can't we can't serve this can you do anything with it and i was like it, it's well, it may be a little acidic, but yeah, it's a, it's a great wine. I don't Correct. know why, but they're everyone is very. It's usually coming from the winemaker himself, not yeah. not the people drinking it. Oh, so that's, that's uh,
1: and, that, and that's something being on, on the artist side of things, because I you know see a lot of wineries and taste a lot of wines with people, and they're the hardest you know hardest critics on critic. yeah, and they're yeah. like, how do we fix this? And if, again, we're an artist. That's that's part of what we do is to help wines, um, you know, enhance them or get them better. Well, but, and that's
0: the challenging thing for a guy like me. You've tried lots of stuff yeah you're supposed to try lots of
1: stuff <laughs>
0: that's your job you yeah. know uh moving forward as well so trying to find something that you haven't tried or haven't yep. had um now while my well, bar it. well my bar is well stocked but uh <laughs> but it's it, you know it, it, i didn't want to just i wanted to think outside the box a little bit no so i appreciate that how if people are looking for uh for help on their wines if they're looking for help uh with enzymes nutrients yep. yeast uh anything with clarification how can they find you
1: yeah. So, um, I mean, I probably just going to the Nartis website. I'm on there. Um, I am again, the Southeast quote unquote, <laughs> Southeast rep all the way to Arizona. Uh, yeah. And I could always give my email or something, but yeah, it's available online. Which is, is probably easier. So, you know, Nardis.com. E N A R T I S. Um, correct. <laughs> yeah. And, and the one thing I would definitely say for people, I think a lot of times the idea of the technical sales rep is people have an impression that we're very salesy and from the top down message from an artist is they actually want us to act more like free consultants. It, no, exactly. It,
0: well, and that's funny that you mentioned that because you're, you were doing some consulting work. Correct. Yeah. And you were getting paid as a consultant and then you became an artist rep and people are like, Oh sweet. We don't have to pay. Anymore.
1: Yeah, now, now you're still our consultant, but you're for free. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, that again. I, and it's fun though. No, I, but, I do but, appreciate yeah, it. No, no, that, yeah. that,
0: it, it's a, uh, yeah, it's awesome what you guys do and yep. and you know, the, the breadth of problems that you could solve for yep. folks. I mean there's all this book is thick. It's thick. It's I mean, thick there's and a, we've
1: been toning it down a lot, getting there's rid of so many to, things to, in here. Yeah. And but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen to people and things that they're looking for in their wines. And like I said, we deal with a lot of ciders as well. Yeah. Um, and even on we actually deal with, you know, balsamic producers, we deal with juicers. Um, so even outside of the alcohol realm, um, you know, that's more in the, in the enzymes that that people are looking sure, for. Sure, like there for yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of problems I come across with people and I don't, it's the first time seeing it for me. And then you go sort of figure it out. And you know, we go to our lab in Italy or in California and talk to them and take samples and sort of figure out what's going on and get back to them. So I think that's my biggest takeaway ever. To, if I were to offer it for anyone, you know, ever looking at a sales, you know, technical sales rep saying, sure. or oh, an artist or anyone else, we're not just trying to sell you the used car type of thing. We, no, we you are, are there yeah, to help you we're, It is, and that we and really it, are. And,
0: a lot I of appreciate that sales yep. path than a lot of some it's, of the other ones. It's, and it's you're not the, a used car salesman,
1: exactly, and it's <laughs> it's a lot more fun that way. No, and, and you're uh,
0: establishing like connections, and, and correct. You're, yeah, you're talking to folks, and you're gonna have those lifelong connections. And, and honestly, it's it's uh, at the end of the day, we all want good wine to drink. Exactly you want it i want it (laughs) in moderation kids yes and uh that's really the goal so i can't thank you enough mike for being here of course uh you stop by anytime you want i appreciate it and uh we'll talk wine we'll have something insane (laughs) underneath the bar and we'll go from there so thanks for being here thanks Thanks, danny mcconnell from mcconnell farms for sponsoring this podcast thanks danny for everything you do and all the stuff you donate to the program talking about juice he's a juice producer so he does uh donates a lot of apple juice for us. And we turn that into cider and the students get a chance to see and go through that process. So thanks once again, Danny. And thanks to everybody else that's listening. This is Consuming the Craft Podcast. Cheers, everybody.